All right. Well, after the longest of breaks and unintended distractions and all sorts of things uh, that have gotten in the way, we are back with the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. This is Pastor Quint, and I'm so excited uh, to be kicking off uh, really like a run of three or four episodes that we're going to do. And I am joined today by my friend TJ Schaefer. TJ, would you say hello? Hey, how's it going? And uh, it's going great, and I'm so grateful that you are here and that we're going to have a chance to do this. Um, really, today, I want to introduce you to, uh, I guess I'll say my audience, but the people who, who plug into this podcast regularly, mm-hmm. so that you can just kind of uh, tell us who you are, and then um, really the catalyst for, for this um, run of episodes is last month, every month, uh, the Assemblies of God uh what is it? Sections. Uh, yeah. Do like a, a lunch, get together, or whatever. And TJ and I connected last month at one of those and uh, had lunch together with a bunch of other people. And I just really enjoyed the conversation and and benefited from it. And um, we haven't crossed paths a lot, you and I. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the first time my in my memory that we actually met was when um, this would have been like three or four years ago. Pastor Nicole pulled some like. Hot topics debate yes. panel on a Wednesday wow. night, and you and I sat next to each other, and we mm-hmm. talked about all sorts of stuff that no one was comfortable. It was just <laughs> all, all sorts of weird, but it but was we good. hit it off, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it, we we told what we needed to say. Yeah, it was good. So, uh, anyways, that was a few years ago, and so um, I really um, I'm looking forward to this because I think it'll be good a chance for us to get to know each other better, and then also just. Uh, like I said, I appreciate your perspective on things, and it, and it helps me to see things from a different way. So if you could, uh, do you mind just sharing maybe like your background and what you do uh, from a ministry perspective right now, and then we can yeah. kind of get into some different things from there? Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this time, especially after our conversation uh, that we had around lunch. I was really grateful for that. So yeah, a little bit about myself is that I grew up going to kind of a back backwater Pentecostal church. Um, and then I came to Edinburgh University because I felt like that's where the Lord wanted me to do ministry while I was going into college. And so I went there, got involved with Chi Alpha Campus Ministry. But you went there as a student. And I went there as a student. Okay. And so I majored as a pharmacist, which then I switched to physical therapy because I realized I love people and um, I really love helping people overcome and grow and heal. And so that was really why I switched my major. But it wasn't until my senior year at Edinburgh when I realized I'd probably say I was more of a full-time student leader in Chi Alpha than I was a full-time student, which, I mean, not to the academic degree. I still graduated with summa cum laude. I did my stuff, but I knew in my heart that's where I realized, man, my heart is really beating to reach the lost on Edinburgh's campus. And so from there... I uh, never really heard of the Assemblies of God either, so I stepped into the internship that they have to offer, which is a 10-month program that you can uh, you can do full-time missions work, United States missions work, with Edinburgh Chi Alpha. And uh, so I stepped into that, and like week one, I knew I loved it. Mm-hmm. I knew um, that that's where God wanted me to be, and so I stayed, and um, I continued to uh, just grow and disciple and um, from there, now I'm into year six. Wow. And wow. yeah, it's, you know, they call it a give a year, but sometimes it feels a little sneaky because you step in and You're it up. just, yeah. when you know, uh, it, it just is a, is a really awesome on-ramp to teaching you. Um, even if you wanted to go to overseas missions, it prepares you. Even if you want to be a pastor, it prepares you. Yeah. And so uh, I was really grateful for those 10 months, and Joel really encouraged me to stay 
um, as I was like, this is what I want to do. And he really helped me understand what the next steps were. And so, yeah, now here I am. I'm going through the process of ordination. Yeah. And wow. so that's pretty okay. cool, um, which basically ordination is just saying, hey, I believe the call of God is on my life to do ministry full time. And for myself personally, I believe it's um, on the campus, you know, to reach college students. Right. And so, uh, which yeah. is a totally different. Oh, it's a I whole mean, different oh, world. That yeah, that's Ooh. that's crazy. Um, for anyone who's unfamiliar, Chi Alpha is a campus ministry. I don't want to call it a program organization. Yeah, and, uh, nationwide yeah. through the Assemblies of God. Yeah, and I don't even know how many campuses they're on across three hundred, a little over three hundred and twenty across the country. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we are uh, right here in Erie, Pennsylvania. We have two in our backyard, one at Edinburgh, and that's where you are, and mm-hmm. then one that just started a couple of years ago at Penn State Barron. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's great work, and it's it's real work. Like yeah, it's, oh, yeah. It's not... Uh, yeah, college yeah. campus is a different place uh, <laughs> more and more every year, and I'm speaking pretty ignorantly when I say that. You see it day in and day out. Oh, so. yeah. It feels like you're on the front lines of culture, Yeah, which is really intense, because we all see what culture looks like, even just from social media, yeah. from... Uh-huh. I mean, if you're on TikTok, if you're on Facebook, if you're on the news, you see how frontline culture is through media, and so yeah, it really is. You see the you see the trends, you see the fun stuff, you see the ugly things, you see the heart postures and the messages that people are carrying from um, from what they're receiving online. Yeah. And so you're really, you know, it, it's an honor though because uh, that is, you know, people go to school to learn, right? Ideally, right. Uh, not everybody, but you know, we go with the with the mindset of I'm ready to learn. And so already a heart posture of learning is so critical to receiving the gospel. Right. And so that's why I love the campus is because this is where they're coming to understand I'm ready to learn new ways. I'm ready to learn new things. I'm ready to have new perspectives, which sometimes can lead them down really dangerous paths. But, sure. you know, it provides us with what the scripture would talk about of like more tilled soil or soft soil for mm. the gospel to to flourish in. So Well, and in, in a culture that is like championing confusion. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the stat is. You might know what the stat is of how many um, young people go away to college and walk away from their faith. Yeah. But if yeah. it weren't for organizations and ministries like yours on campus playing offense to stop that from happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, the number would be even greater, you it's, know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because I think the current statistic is 8 out of 10 will walk away from their faith. And then the statistic is like after a certain age, I think it's like 25, the probability of people coming back to their faith is one out of 10. Ugh. And it's so it's just, you you feel the weight. You can't help but feel the weight when you see the numbers. And then when you're walking shoulder to shoulder with these young adults, which we've all been a young adult before, unless if you're listening, you're a teenager, you'll get there. Right. That um, even if you saw your older siblings go through the young adult phase of what am I going to do? Who am I? What do I like? What do I believe? You know, and right. and so to have ministries, I've been blessed with having Kaiafa stand beside me as I walk through my major change, walk through the struggle of building community and relationships and my unhealthy relationships that I had in college and navigating what do I actually believe about the Lord and so like it's just been so vital to me that yeah. it just moved me when I when I could see that students want this and need this. Wow. And so like, it's a real movement. And so yeah. it's, it's been a huge honor, huge privilege. 
Yeah, my um, friend, Pastor Curtis Parks, he was on this podcast uh, when I first started it a couple years ago almost. Um, but anyways, he has this quote. I say it all the time because it's so good, but God doesn't have grandkids. He mm-hmm. only has kids. Yeah, amen. And, and Yeah, you preached that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and so I good. know it, it sneaks its way into like one out of every four sermons. As but, it should. It's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like in your scenario, you're, you are really intersecting with... Um, unbelieving, mm-hmm. impressionable young adults, but also yeah. believing, yeah. but maybe in that grandkid stage. So, so, exactly. so you're, inher- or you're inter- intersecting with uh, teenagers or young adults, young 20s, mm-hmm. who are, you know, do I, what is this faith thing? Is it for me? Is it not? They're really in that kid to grandkid transition. Oh, yeah. And it's guys like you and girls, you know, it's yeah, pe- yeah. people like your team that, that make such a difference. So that's huge. That's yeah. so huge. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book. It's called uh, Beginning Well. Mm. Um, but I think it's Gordon Smith, okay. if I'm not mistaken. So it's in my top 10 all-time reads, and I've read it twice, um, where they talk about, right, sometimes we are inheriting what we would call second-generation Christians, people who've grown up in the faith. And so their coming to Jesus looks different than what they would call first-generation Christians, where uh, there's a high emotional response, there's a really strong turn of repentance that you see because you were living in such an intense way that you didn't know Jesus. Whereas the second-generation Christians were raised in a home that has more structure, that has more faith, that has devotion, and um, so sometimes second-generation Christians can get confused because they think their conversion needs to look like right. the first generation, right. where they're like, well, I don't have this crazy story. I didn't do these wild, sinful things. Um, but they don't understand that their nature is still in sin, right? right. When, when, we, when we're doing all these, quote-unquote, smaller things, smaller lies, right, smaller deceits, um, and so on and so forth, of like realizing... Um, that one of the big changes in a second generation Christian for them to make their faith their own, it's called like an allegiance shift, mm-hmm. right? From um, not just being attached to their parents, right? But but taking it on as their own. And 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 so like to see that process is one of my favorite things yeah. um, when, I'm, when I'm discipling guys and sometimes girls, you know, uh, through that process of watching them grapple and wrestle in a healthy way. Um, whereas our culture sometimes doesn't do that right now, right? Deconstruction is right, a right. huge topic, yeah. right? But with the wrong heart posture, you're going to pull everything apart till there's nothing left. Right. Instead of understanding, you're actually mining out all the gold and right. all the good foundational parts. But anyways, yeah. So it, it's really cool to be a part of the, the restructuring or the growth or the allegiance shift where they're saying, yeah, my identity actually is in Jesus. It's just incredible to yeah. see happen. This is why I'm so glad we're doing this. I could go like 10 different ways just off of the last yes. like two minutes of what you said. That's so good. But no, I mean, even like on that deconstruction thing, it all just comes down to your motives. If your motive mm-hmm. is to rip it down to the studs to prove that it's a, de- a decrepit building, mm-hmm. you're going to succeed. Yeah. That's yeah. what you, you just made it decrepit. You know what I yeah. mean? Like well, you, you already, just, scientifically, you already went in bias. Yeah. Right? Right. Were you, were you, if you're just going to look at a pure science mo- motive, they always say you have to go in on bias. Right. But most of them go in with already the criticism or the cynicism right? to, to say this probably isn't real. Right. And so you're going to find what you're looking for always. Right. In that for motive. sure. Yeah, it's so true. Um, all right. So you mentioned you are in year six with uh, Chi Alpha. So maybe just like, if you wouldn't mind enlightening, like what's your current season of ministry looks like, like from a 
mm-hmm. I don't know, daily, yeah. weekly, monthly flow, how that kind of works. What's it look like to do hand-to-hand combat on college campuses for the gospel? Yeah, so my unique position right now is uh, considered as a co-director. So I co-direct with, um, her name is Allison Saring. And so our boss, like the, our director over us is uh, Joel Schreiber. And so he's blessed us with a really unique privilege that even though we technically don't have the title from national, that Joel has um, wanting to been training, has wanted to train us in the understanding of what does it look like to lead a team and what does it look like to direct. So then if we, uh, with the hopes that someday Allie and or myself will leave or take over Edinburgh's uh, ministry, if, if Joel so feels led, um, but it's preparing us of what does it look like to lead a ministry uh, making the day in and day out decisions, and uh, what does it look like to develop the members? So, we're we're in this really unique position of, um, you know, Ali and I are helping develop our team members that we have, right? Helping them get to where we believe God wants them to go, or where you know they believe God wants them to go, and helping them to develop um, their understanding of the gospel deeper, of discipleship deeper, and mission. And, um, and, and really helping them walk, walk beside them as, as we fight as a team together, fight, fight on this campus. And so I guess to say week to week, um, there's a little bit more on, on my end, mainly just because we're processing through um, team development when it comes to our full-time staff members sitting around the table, and then our student leadership development, because we're still meeting with our students who are helping us do this ministry or we're helping them, so to say, you know, because we're stepping onto their campus. And um, and then we are also leading uh, Bible studies, or what we call life groups. Um, so we are also um, on the ground, front line, ministering to students as well. So on a week-to-week basis, we are going from staff meetings to organizing our large group service, our Thursday nights, which we have preaching and worship. And um, so we have messages and then from there, we have life groups or Bible studies. So there's different ones going on throughout the week that we're helping organize and orchestrate. Then we're having one-on-ones where we're meeting with students, getting to those conversations and um, helping their spiritual formation and um, helping them grow closer to Jesus on top of like community events. And um, yeah. And then every so often, you know, we have different bigger events like um, the end of the semester service or we have like baptisms. We have um, you do our, some like weekend retreats and things yeah, like we that. have our weekend retreats, mm-hmm. and so yeah, which I'm excited for one's coming up, and so yeah, there's just a lot in the mix. Yeah. Um, every week feels different, right. Um, right. and but and then really those same students then that uh, participate in Chi Alpha, those are some mm-hmm. of those same as you raise them up to be student leaders. Yeah, you initiate conversations if you see leadership potential in them or a calling on their life. Yeah, where they could jump in and. Uh, do an intern year with you guys. When yeah. Done, right. That's kind of the mm-hmm. the model or, or how it works. Yeah. So. Thanks for filling in the gaps. For no. That. Yeah. Yes. I think that's yeah. huge because like for me, when I was a kid, I felt called to ministry mm-hmm. and I was terrified of it and none of my friends were cool with it. And so yeah. I just pretended it wasn't a thing and yeah. I just ran away and did business and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And God had to like sneak attack me back in <laughs> to uh, always to, does to mm-hmm. ministry, and that's uh, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. So, yeah. and I mean, I say all that to say I love what I do, and I'm more than willing to do it. But like yeah. he, the process, I was never gonna be the go to Bible school for four years, get the degree, and apply for jobs everywhere guy. That just yep. wasn't me. Uh, so God 
graciously walked me down a very different path that led me to where I am today. I have to imagine I'm not the only stubborn person who feels a calling on their life, doesn't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. and walks away from it. But when you, so then if you go away to college and you mm-hmm. encounter a campus ministry like Chi Alpha mm-hmm. and you find a place that actually can stir that up in you in a way that's healthy, I think there's got to be stories. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and you, I'm sure you've known them, met them, worked with them, mm-hmm. of people who are like, wow, I didn't ever think I was going to actually do this, and here I am doing yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm the 100% byproduct of that. Yeah. Uh, in high school, okay. I knew that I was going to do ministry, which was weird because I came from a church that was really small. I didn't understand those dynamics. I looked into like two Bible schools. I had no idea what I was looking at. Didn't even know how I could get the support or the help to figure those things out, so I never did like you said. Right. And so when you have those stepping stones and those on-ramps, it just uh, it, it creates that healthy dynamic of empowerment of let me help you get there. Yeah. You know, which it sounds like I'm assuming you probably had some people in your life get you around to that spot maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But just in like the most unorthodox way. Yeah. If anyone was like, hey, I really uh, am inspired by your path to ministry. Could you tell me how you did it or mm-hmm. how how to do it, I would be like, yeah, any way but mine because yeah. <laughs> it's not duplicatable. It's it's been a, a ride, but it's been good, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, anyways, all right. Well, so this has kind of turned into a Chi Alpha conversation, which is great. wasn't necessarily planned, but I, I like where we're going. But I am interested. Um, let's uh, just to kind of wrap up this session one and talk a little more, a little bit more about you, TJ. Um, I'm interested in your personal walk with Jesus, your personal uh, journey, mm-hmm. um, your best practices for a reset with God. Ooh. Okay. And I know I'm, I'm springing I'm these on you. Yeah, no, yeah, then, I love this. And then the flip side of that coin, mm-hmm. your uh, biggest struggle to find reset in the chaos of life, in the busyness of life, mm-hmm. in the... Uh, ups and downs and and ministry too. You know, life Ooh. is life, and then yeah. ministry is is beautiful, but it's its own kind of thing. Yeah, oh, that yeah. a lot of people don't understand or or, or you know wouldn't have context for. So, mm-hmm. anyways, That's I'm good. rambling to give you a little bit of time to prepare your answer. But That's good, um, you can start with either one: your best practice or your biggest struggle. But I'm interested to hear. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'll start with. I want to end on the high. You okay, know? so. Uh, you know, in sharing this too, if you know, for whoever's listening, um, I want you to remember too that um, when I share this, it's not just because I'm a minister, right, or because I'm a missionary, because I'm a director. I'm sharing this like take off all those hats to see me as a Christian, right? I'm just like you. We're just, you know, we're all brothers and sisters. And so when I share these things, um, it's possible for any of us to do these resets if it works for you, because we all have different ways of resetting. Right. But I've noticed with myself. A huge reset um, is the the continuous practice of a Sabbath, of really taking that time, which I'd never done this before, maybe two years ago, but I could really feel the effects of never slowing down. And when you begin to practice that, even when it's ugly, right? My first my first time practicing it was actually when I was um, my second year of ministry, and my practice was waking up. I watched some cartoons. And then I went to Wendy's because I loved Wendy's. Wendy's four for fours were, are still my jam, but okay. were my jam. Yeah, I'd go to Wendy's and then I'd go thrifting. And I realized I was just inviting God into my day, right? I start off with devotional time of sitting down with the Lord, praying about my day. I'm just praying that it would just be refreshing time with him. And then I chose things that I like to do. And to me, 
I never would have believed how great of a reset that was for me that I was like, I'm making my own decisions. I'm doing things that I love that other people don't have to have a say in, you know, because the rest of my life is just so heavily involved with people because I love people. People are in my life naturally. And so to have those moments of like alone time with God and really just practicing the discipline and, and just kind of stinking at it until I didn't, you know, cause I wasn't great, but you know, as I've learned throughout the years, you know, Sabbaths are just such a great way to reset cause I feel it when I don't. Mm. And so you can feel the, the rest and then the submission to the authority of God of knowing that he is in control in that day. Um, other things will get done, right? The ministry is not going to crumble. Um, again, you're still there with your family. Like I still, I mean, I spend it with my wife, you know, Nicole, but you know, all these other pressures, um, will still be there tomorrow and that's okay. Right. You know, but today I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to get done what I want to get done, what I need to get done. And I'm just gonna, I'm going to enjoy it. So I'd say that and, um, solitude retreats, which those are, I've never done this. Oh. But I've, it's worth it. Yeah. If you ever want to go, I can set you up because it's a good time. Um, and it looks different for different people. So for myself, it's really relaxing to go to a monastery actually right up in Harbor Creek. And they have like their own private rooms. And so you go there in a solitude retreat. The intention is to just get alone with God and to seek his face with zero distractions or as little as possible. So you go there. The intention is you turn off all your technology and you just sit there with your Bible or maybe some spiritual reading, or even if you just want to bring a leisure book, I don't know. Everybody functions a little differently. Sure. For sure. myself, yeah. really sitting down and unplugging from the busyness of technology and responsibility just for 24 hours. Some people, like sometimes I've even done a 12 hour one, but doing an overnight there and just taking the time to seek God's face has been so refreshing. Um, not the first time. The first time was horrible <laughs> for me because I'd never practiced it, and I was afraid to be alone. Oh yeah, and That's, so I'm honestly, like, yeah, it, who who listening feels like completely uncomfortable even considering being totally alone mm. for how long? You're saying twelve or twenty four hours? Yeah, but like no technology. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, like th- you know, thankfully I'm like, oh cool, there's like sixty other nuns here, so I don't feel alone, alone, where some people do, they'll go into the woods, right? That I've read. Some people love going into the woods, setting yeah. up a tent and a fire, and that's how they connect with God. You know, you know, like I'm a, I, I'm a motorcycle guy. Yes. And for I, you? I, mm-hmm. um, have planned a couple big trips mm-hmm. and never, and I follow all these folks on YouTube and they do all this solo riding mm-hmm. and I, I love their stuff. But I honestly, I just think about like, and I'm here's the craziest part. I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a people people. Like, it's That's just crazy. not. <laughs> but when I think about like riding 200 miles, landing in Gallatin State Forest in southern Pennsylvania, which mm-hmm. I just did with my buddy. But like, I did. I met my buddy because I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, how how would I feel? six hours into just like sitting there, you know what I mean? Yeah, like by it, yourself. And I'm just, like, just, but me. I, I probably need to get over it and try it, but it, it just feels now I have five kids, a wife and a St. Bernard at home. So a cute pup. Yeah. So I'm like, that might be part of why it feels uncomfortable is because it's so yeah. outside. It's but like I don't, foreign right now. Oh, so yeah. foreign. But anyways, it's yeah, yeah, a good, yeah. uh, 
That's I would it. recommend it to anybody. Uh-huh. And I have, like, I uh, last time I went in the, f- so I went in August and I was like, God, I need, I just, I'm intentionally coming to seek your face about um, building guys community on campus this semester. Um, and that was a really great time. And then I also invited our old guy student leaders who are no longer joining us this year, right? They graduated and I just invited them in and I said, Hey, I would love for you guys to just come and practice this once. And all three of their reflections were, were just, uh, really encouraging to hear how that time impacted their relationship with the Lord, how, how nervous they were too, cause they'd never done it. And, uh, but just, I mean, the first thing most of us do when we get there is like, you lay your stuff down and you're like, it's quiet. And then all of a sudden you pass out, you know, like you're napping and you're right. just in a good nap and you wake up and you're like, wow, and the rest of this time. And like for myself, I love playing piano. So I'll go find the piano and I'll sit down. I'll just worship the Lord, just spontaneous playing. And, um, I'll take a walk. I mean, there's nature all around there. So just so many different ways to connect with God yeah. and, and intentionally, but yeah. So I would recommend that a hundred percent as a good reset that I have. All right. So that's your best practice for mm-hmm. a reset to your best practice. So how about what's your biggest struggle or distraction? You said you wanted to end on the My high. My attention, but... which is ironic because yeah. then I just switched it. <laughs> so um, hmm. I'd probably say, this feels kind of like a knee-jerk response, but I'd probably say when I am not intentional with planning my schedule, because uh, then I fill it or I let other people fill it. it gets filled. It yeah. just gets filled so quickly. Um, and I just want to please everybody. Dude, I'm copying that answer. That's so, oh. And I feel it, I feel it in multiple ways, but I think this was going to be my knee-jerk response was criticism. Mm. When I'm criticizing internally, a lot of people and myself, that's when I'm like, I really need this reset because I've not taken care of myself. Mm. And that's like my symptom to the sickness, so to say, is like criticism. And, um, and just like, like I just have impatient with people is the best way to describe it. So I'm either impatient or I'm criticizing them. And then that for me is a huge symptom of recognizing, Hey, you have not reset well recently and you have not sought God's face, um, and rested in him. And you're trying to run on your own efforts. Right. And it was never meant, you were never meant to run on your own efforts like this. And, and so I'm like, okay, I've out, I've ran ahead of God and God's waiting for me to, you know, right. line back up with him. Um, and so, yeah, I'll probably That's say that. So good. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm stealing that one for uh, like, I'll, I'll answer. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, what, what would you say is for for you, both of those? I would say biggest struggle to reset is that like that, mm. that would have been my answer. You just said it really well. Like that, the, um, as an executive pastor, the, the varying things that are literally on my desk surrounding me right now <laughs> is just pure insanity. And I'm mm-hmm. not whining. I'm just being honest. Oh, like, no, I'll give the objective perspective. I'm seeing his desk right now. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's full. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like everything from bathroom stalls to HVAC units to mm-hmm. contracts for uh, musical artists that are going to come sing here. And, and that's fine. It's part of the game. And I'm going to preach this Sunday at a church that needs someone to step in. And, and it's all... So, like, it's mm-hmm. just the constant... Um, the schedule just filling all yep. the time. I'll yeah. be super honest. I don't know that I've ever told anybody this. I like really enjoyed the screeching halt that the planet had to come to mm-hmm. in April of 2020. Yeah. I know that I sounds it. crazy, but I was like, oh my gosh, all of this ancillary, non-important, chaotic levels of everything 
we're all just not doing it anymore. Yeah. This is great. You're like, because <gasps> I'm an introvert, so mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy any of that stuff anyways. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. now, um, I think trying to reassimilate the world, trying to get back to quote unquote, some level of normal, the polarity, the cut, all of that. <laughs> I'm not going there, but like, mm-hmm. I think that it's been hard to recalibrate. I'll, I'll just speak for me. Yeah. Um, it's been hard to recalibrate to things being put back on the calendar. Cause it's kind of like, wait, so are we still, are, yeah. so, so are we not, we're not back to normal, but we can't do the screeching halt thing anymore. So yeah. we're like somewhere in the, you know what I mean? Yes. It, oh yeah. There's a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but anyways, I will say, um, that's my biggest struggle for a reset is the number of things that just fill my calendar all the time. Yeah. And it's just always something I'm working on, whether it's with a coach or with a counselor or with uh, mm-hmm. my paper planner, um, <laughs> all sorts of things. And then best practice for a reset. Oh, man. I mean, I feel like it's been really f- good for me. I was a worship pastor for six and a half years. And now that I'm on the rotation once a month, but really get to just be in services. Mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying Sunday mornings, yeah. um, having the opportunity to quote unquote just worship. Like that's good, you yeah. know, um, just because it's different. Yeah, but yeah, I think that I try to find reset in um, in quality input. So whether that's in a good podcast that can build me yes. back up, or um, you know, a book, or mm-hmm. uh, obviously the word. Yeah, um, yeah. And for me, uh, I have this message translation that, like, really, I got it when I first got into ministry. It completely revolutionized my life, reading the Bible in that way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when I took the job here, I bought this NIV journaling Bible that I was like, this will be my preaching Bible. This will be... A lot of people don't carry the message with them, so preaching out of it's kind of hard for people. And I, you know, I love that NIV Bible, and I have a lot of good notes in it, but the last like couple of years I've gone back to redigging old wells and going back to the message and, oh, yeah. um, and actually just bought a paperback version. It's the identical book, but the cover's paperback. They don't make the leather one anymore. Okay. The, this one here. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so now you have a vintage copy. So I have this <laughs> one that well, I'll have forever, but I think I'm going to get the paperback one rebound in leather. So I have a backup yes. for when this one needs retired because yes. it's like it's gonna get there. So, I love that. I love yeah. that. So, anyways, all right. Well, this has been really good, and I think uh, what I would like to do over the next few episodes, TJ, is um, you know we'll get back together, and if we could just record. Um, I, I, we talked about some really interesting things, um, personality stuff, mm-hmm. health, just like the health of your and understanding your identity and different things. So I, mm-hmm. that's really where I want to go over the next couple episodes with you and, and just have these conversations because, like I said, I really appreciate your perspective and I think it would be good. And I think right now, um, whether it's on college campuses or out in quote-unquote the real world, there's mm-hmm. so much identity confusion. There's so much oh, yeah. struggle and people trying to fill that void so many different ways. And so, um, you know, I think uh, if you, between the, you and I, if we could share some different things we've encountered and uh, and unpack some of our perspectives, I think that would be really good. So, yeah, let's go. Sound good? Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing so much. Anything yeah, you want to say you. as we close out this? Yeah, no, I'm very appreciative. I'm excited that you're leading this because uh, just the content that you pump out is good. So cool. I'm excited. Love it. This will be good. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned next week for uh, the next uh, episode in this run episodes with TJ Schaefer. Really excited about this. Thanks for listening to the Quintessential Ministry.